0: It's time to transform your health with one of the nation's leading and growing authorities in total health. Over the next hour, learn from experts on how to revolutionize the health of those you love most. This is Ask Dr. Ernst. And now, here's your host, Dr. Aaron Ernst. Good afternoon. Happy Saturday. You're listening to the Ask Dr. Ernst Show. I'm your co-host, Dr. Aaron Ernst, along with rock star co-host, Dr. Chris Demzar. Great to be back again. Thanks for joining us today. And Wow, what a huge amount of energy this morning, right, with the uh, thyroid webinar. That's right. Uh, Just an immense amount of healing, transformation, people getting set free from the, I'll call it throes of being in thyroid disease. Yep. You know, we had a lot of people sharing testimonials of like, you know, I've been on thyroid medication for 20 years, I've been doing your program for, you know, three, four, five months and reducing medications, decreasing inflammation just a radical amount of movement.
1: Exactly, and you know what's really interesting is I was going back through and looking through a lot of some of the advertisements and some of the other ways that people connect with us and you know they can leave comments and they can have their own community chat logs open. And it's really interesting to see the action steps that people are taking. They're really diving into yeah. the specific lab values for th- their thyroid and really asking really specific health questions for themselves. So people are thinking, people are taking action steps. And you guys are starting to heal. You're doing it all on your own, yeah. which is
0: incredible. And that's why we say that this show is, you know, where pounds are shed is a side effect, where disease is dead and where you can become set free from your health conditions. So, hey, if you uh, missed the opportunity to check out that thyroid event, I would say, why don't we do a special offer and give away uh, the replay, you know? So the event is already finished, but if you do this right now and you text the word thyroid with your name and email, we'll give you free access to the replay. You can get the ebook, you can grab the information. This would be someone who's either been taking a thyroid medication or who struggles with brain fog, forgetfulness, fatigue, you know, joint pain, et cetera, because it's all interconnected. It is. And um, so that opportunity is right now. Text the word thyroid with your name and email to 704-906-2094. And we have such a, a, a heavy topic for today. Uh, yes. We're going to be talking about diabetes, specifically the most common, which is type 2, and really... Where does this thing come from? You know, like, what does medicine say causes it versus what is a functional approach? And it's such an epidemic today. You know, we're looking at roughly 10% of Americans are currently diagnosed. So that's, what, almost 35 million people in the United States. And there's approximately another 25% that are falling in this zone of pre-diabetes, which I find fascinating because it's kind of like, I think you never had this conversation before. Can a female be pre-pregnant? Uh... Well, no. Yeah, so it's, you're either pregnant or you're not, yes. right? So to be pre-diabetic is just sort of the medical route saying, well, we see the diabetes, but it's not bad enough to medicate this. Right, to manage so it we'll, yet. Yeah, yeah, we'll put you in this subcategory of watch and wait. And this is the biggest challenge behind most chronically induced lifestyle conditions, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. You're not in the diagnostic zone by the labs yet. You're not in the prescriptive zone. So we'll just put you in this pre-category and we'll six months, a year later, test and see, hey, have you now become diagnostic? Exactly.
1: And it's interesting you say the the words watch and wait, because how many diseases end up manifesting after some watch and wait period? And so that's classified medically, right? It's, it's, it's come out in the last 10 years or so, guys, where it's being classified as metabolic disease. So specific to diabetes, and there's other diseases that we can classify underneath the umbrella of metabolic disease. Yeah. But a lot of this watch and wait period where you're being told, yeah, you're pre-diabetic or you're heading towards diabetes, you're heading towards having blood sugar issues or whatever you're being told is really this, you now have metabolic disease your body is not regulating metabolism which means your energy and your body's ability to make energy and utilize it and store it and whatever else needs to happen so that all your systems can go your body can't do that well anymore and so this whole watch and wait to then be reactive well hey you have a disease right now that needs to be addressed
0: and and here's the challenge you know so diabetes is one of those things that according to conventional factors has so many underlying root causes so they say yeah. right so like let's just read a couple of these right so like if you, had a, if you have a poor diet, you're more likely to have type two diabetes. If you're overweight, you're more likely to have type two diabetes. If you have high levels of inflammation, more likely to have it. If you're sedentary, more likely to have it. If you're stressed out, more likely to have it. If you've got a family history, so they say, this kind of like familial pass yeah. down of patterns. Genetics. Uh If you have high blood pressure, if you have a hormonal condition like thyroid, we talked about that today, how thyroid isn't just a thyroid problem, it's a whole body system problem. Right being exposed to toxins and chemicals, and even certain medications that can disrupt the insulin pathways. So the challenge is a lot of times when someone's diagnosed as a type 2 diabetic, they're told it's their genes, they're told it's their diet or their lack of exercise, when you guys need to realize, diabetes is not necessarily the condition, it's the effect. Effect. Mm -hmm. So the cause is what's creating this reaction, and we know that with type 2 diabetes, an interesting thing happens. So think of it like this. We know insulin is supposed to push sugar down, correct? Yes. And so you would assume a type 2 diabetic would have either high or low insulin. If their sugar's high, you would think they would have low insulin, insulin, right? Right. But what we find that's very interesting is most type 2 diabetics have very high sugars, and they also have very high insulin. So Mm. it kind of breaks the the thought process, if insulin is supposed to move sugar into the cell to be burned for energy, and you have lots of insulin, then therefore you should have either low to normal sugars. Exactly. And what we're now learning is it's it's, it's a resistance. So the receptor itself is either blocked, this is where the toxicities come in, it's either interfered with in that it's becoming attacked, so you can have an autoimmunity where antibodies go after the receptor, or there's physical just lack of communication between how the brain talks to the tissue, so the cell itself doesn't make enough receptors to be sensitive to insulin, and therefore we start to see a rise in blood sugar.
1: Yep, and then to add to that too, you could also throw in inflammation there, right? And then inflammation can influence the communication in the nerve plexus or, or the nerve pathways. Inflammation can also lead to that immune response that you were talking about. But immune or inflammation ends up being a huge modulator or driver of creating and manifesting this condition within a lot of people that are told
0: they have diabetes. Yeah. And so here's the thing. Like, where does all this inflammation come from? Well, classically, it was sort of thought to be a dietary thing. Right. So like we used to say uh, dietary fats are the reason why everybody's getting sick, heart disease, diabetes, thyroid issues, et cetera. And this whole kind of like fat-causing disease thing has been disproven thousand times over. Right. What we know, of course, is yes, it's the kind of carbohydrates you consume. So if you're a type two diabetic, the challenge is a lot of traditional, you know, American Diabetic Association, your classic, you know, physician, they're gonna put you on a traditional diabetic diet. It's typically high in grains, high in dairy, high in fruits, very low in protein and extremely low in healthy fats. Right. And so the challenge becomes, You teach these people to eat in a way that actually somewhat promotes their condition, and they follow their advice with their doctors. They're taking their medications, they're eating their diet, and maybe their numbers are looking decent, but most people don't ever break out. They don't get set free. Exactly, yep. So, I think you know the the challenge is the the diet that we would call like standard American or Western diet, right? It's full of refined carbohydrates. See, the thing is is fructose is a very dangerous sugar, even for a healthy individual or a diabetic. And of course now here comes the challenge where does fructose come from lots of fruits so it's 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 this sort of a misconstrued thought right we think fruits and vegetables are healthy and therefore they're going to help you to heal well if you're in a healthy state that can be true right but when you're a diabetic and you have an extremely hard time processing sugar in the first place the challenge with fructose is it's only metabolized in the liver and most of the time, because a diabetic type 2 is not metabolizing sugar glucose in the first place, yes. fructose gets put on the back burner. Therefore, it turns into fat, and this is what leads to an inflammatory process in the liver. We start to see elevations in body weight. We start to see even signs of you know non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, where liver enzymes start shifting, triglycerides yes. start going up, cholesterol starts going up. And this is why we have to now label diabetes not as the cause of the condition, but as being the effect of what I guess we could term this sort of metabolic syndrome. Exactly.
1: Yep. Definitely bigger, a bigger part of this whole picture is the metabolic syndrome. And one of the things that's interesting too, fructose is a different sugar, especially than what we would find in grains and whatnot, but it's a precursor to what your liver, what your body's going to do to try to process the grains as well. And the more, uh, I'll say the, the more that this disease progresses, right? So the further you are down the diabetes trail the worse off you are at being able to regulate your blood sugar the harder it is for your liver to process grains and to process most other carbohydrates you can imagine then what your body has to do to just try to turn it to fat and store it and utilize it in some way that's not going to be overly harmful in that present moment and just knowing that you're building this harm adding to this harm that long term is
0: going to have massive lifelong health consequences so if you're listening and you're going like all right so i get it like you know Obviously, I've been approaching this incorrectly. Um, I'm not getting to the root cause. I'm taking a medication. I'm trying to follow a good diet, but I'm not getting good results. We have two things for you. We have a Diabetes Heal Thyself ebook, which breaks down the three underlying root causes that we're gonna be discussing, not only today, but over the next series. It has several recommendations on what kind of testing you need to get. But more importantly, we're hosting another live masterclass. I mean, I love our masterclasses. Yeah, hundreds of people online. Getting set free and being sort of uh, released to become a self-healing doctor. The one on diabetes, our masterclass, is on Saturday, April 8th. I know that's like four weeks away from today, but I promise you this thing is going to fill up so fast. And the effects of you becoming your own doctor, you can see your blood sugars drop sometimes in a matter of a couple days, weeks. Usually A1C takes you know several months to come down, but the average patient that we work with is watching their A1C drop by not just one or two points, but sometimes even going from diagnostic diabetes type two right, to, to pre-diabetes yep. in like 30 or 90 days, Exactly to then non-diabetic in 90 days. And so we're gonna reveal all of the secrets and the techniques and have discounts and ways you can get testing and even seek therapy if you're somebody who's going like, I need help. Right. Again, that's Saturday, March 8th. It's at 10 I'm uh, sorry, April 8th. It's at 10 a.m. in the morning. And all you need to do is text the word diabetes with your name and email to 704-906-2094. The ebook is yours for free, which will open up your mind and expand your horizons. The event is going to really lay everything out for you and show you here's what creates your condition and here's the tests you should get and then here's the techniques on how to clear that. And here's a
1: really cool thing, Dr. Ernst, because we work with a lot of patients that we would say that they define them as having some level of metabolic syndrome. And so within that, right, is diabetes or pre-diabetes. And so you were talking about it's really cool to see lab values come back and blood sugars are regulating themselves better, that their body's doing a better job lowering their A1C, and maybe their body's doing a really good job of now having the appropriate amount of insulin. But what really turns patients and makes them smile and makes them happy, you can see, we can see it, (laughs) the inflammation starts to go down. When the nerve plexuses open up and the nerve pathways open up and you can see the energy start to flow through someone's body. And next thing you know, the person's being able to do things in life that they weren't able to do before. Or you're saying, you know what, I had X, Y, and Z going on. And now I can't remember the last time that happened. And it's all because of the specific root cause therapy that was performed, that was done, whatever that needs to be. And so it's not just about being able to make your lab values look good. You can go do that medically and not solve the problem. It's about getting to the root cause to really figure out exactly what's going on. And you can't even imagine how your life can
0: change because of that. And guess what another major side effect is? We tend to lose weight. We get our energy back. Like you've said, I mean, you and I see this day in and day out, but it's almost like the initial person we work with has this sort of like fog or a haze over them. And it's like as soon as their body starts to heal and transform, it's like this layer, like a shell just sloughed off. That's and right. And we see this a good like word. clarity to their eyes and sort of a brightness to their skin. And it's, it's almost it's almost complicated to say, but I think it's the look of health. Yes, exactly. Whereas, unfortunately, a lot of times because of taking medications and eating high inflammatory foods, we have this look of sort of like illness. And we have a look yes. of disease that's become so normal. Most people don't know what to think of when they see that change take place. Right. Right. So just listen to this real quick, okay? So insulin resistance, which we know is the underlying sort of challenge, right? So the insulin hormone is being produced. It's not landing on the receptor properly. Did you know that this has been linked to not just having issues with blood sugar? Because, you know, most people think like, oh, you know, I I only have diabetes. But like, watch this, okay? Insulin resistance can change your cholesterol relationships, such that it drives the good cholesterol down and drives the bad cholesterol up, thus shifting cholesterol relationships. It increases your risks for blood clots when you have insulin resistance, atherosclerosis. So this is the placking of your arteries and sort of like the hardening of the vessels. Uh, Polycystic ovarian disease for females. Sleep apnea, which you're going to see is also a big issue with the reason why so many people struggle with regulating their sugars in the first place. Inflammation and sort of fatty liverness or sort of fattiness to the liver. Elevation in triglycerides. Elevated blood pressure. Blood sugars, of course, go up. We start to see an increase in intra-abdominal fat. That's the visceral fat that's underneath the skin, sort of in our organs. And what's interesting is it can also affect your heart. So like, I'm hoping that those of you who are listening going like, oh, I just have diabetes, I take my medications, I control it. This isn't just a one thing condition. It's not just like insulin's effect is affecting your sugars. It's affecting your heart, it's affecting your liver, it's affecting your cholesterol, it's affecting your metabolism. It affects, you know, basically all avenues of your life. Right,
1: and then you can see how it starts to interplay even with other hormones. I mean, I don't know if you mentioned it or not, but there's several hormones, Thyroid, you already mentioned, the ability of cortisol to help regulate insulin. You know, that happens a lot when you're sleeping. It's called the dawn effect, the ability to regulate cortisol and and your insulin appropriately so that your blood sugar doesn't spike or crash while you sleep. How many of you know that that's either happening appropriately or not appropriately while you sleep at night? For someone that is diabetic or pre-diabetic, that ends up being a huge problem. And so one of the reasons that metabolic disease and diabetes can continue to just progress over time is because while you're sleeping, you're not able to regulate appropriately. And before you know it, your body, your, blo- or your blood sugar crashes inside of your body. And to- your body has to try to make up for that. And that ends up being a huge problem the next day when you wake up and now you're tired and fatigued. And like you said before, there's this fog of lack of health that just overcomes this person, overcomes you maybe. And uh, so being able to basically reverse that is why we need to dive into the root issue of insulin or the insulin resistance and
0: solve it from that root. Yes, and typically when you do that, guess what happens to your sleep? It gets better. Guess what happens to your cortisol? It starts to lower down. Yes. Your inflammatory processes shift. You start to heal, and your body becomes set free. That's right. So, so here's, here's the number one thing I want to discuss. Yes, we know that there's neurological involvement. There's toxicological involvement. There can even be you know, gut involvement, leaky gut. But the biggest issue for a lot of diabetics today is they still don't understand that they have to control their carbohydrate intake. Because many of them just think, like, well, you know, I can eat whatever I want because I'm taking my medications. Right. But it's well established that a high starch, low fiber diet is gonna not only predispose you for type 2 diabetes, but prevents you from sort of breaking free from it. Because again, if I'm eating lots of carbohydrates that are of lower quality uh, and my insulin receptors don't work, the sugar's gonna hang around and then that's yep. typically turned into fat. You know, and, and the challenge is a lot of the the associations are recommending moderately high uh, carbohydrate loads. Yep. Like, you know, the Canadian Diabetes Association, even the American Diabetes Association. So listen to this, 45 to 60% of calories consumed per day should come from carbohydrates. And I'm telling you for a fact, if you were to consume 50 to 60% of your food intake as carbs, carbs yeah. and you have type 2 diabetes, I mean, good luck in getting that fixed. It'd be like, trying to get out of debt, but constantly spending on the the credit card. So you know you put $200 into it, but you spend 400, you put 200 and you spend 400, you're never gonna break free from this pattern. So we have to make sure that number one, you're definitely looking at the types of carbohydrates that you're consuming. And the unique thing is, is that when people follow what we would call sort of like a, a healthier version of a lower carb, moderate protein, high fat diet, There's even studies showing that this helps to reduce A1C, triglycerides, cholesterol, improves insulin sensitivity. You know, so I think it's just the nature of we have to recognize you can't just say, well, I'm going to eat a healthy diet, take my medications and manage my diabetes if you want to reverse it. Yeah, love that. I love the whole debt
1: analogy too. And you have to think about it. If you really want to reverse your diabetes, reverse the disease, you've got to find a way to pay off your debt. and the way that you pay off your debt isn't by adding in more carbs to your diet and it's not about adding in more processed foods and other things i know we're going to get into and talk about so it's really about you've got to make the decision to pay off your debt and that takes work and that takes commitment it takes consistency and doing that over time will
0: allow you to pay off the debt to reverse the diabetes and heal yourself yep so let's talk about this concept known as how do we determine what kind of foods we can eat and honestly, it, re- it just requires you to start testing your blood sugar a little bit more frequently. So many of us often will say, well, pff, I don't have diabetes, I haven't been diagnosed, so why should I do this? really important right now to know how does your body react to the kind of carbohydrates you consume to see if you're setting yourself up for this in the long run and if you are a type 2 diabetic you should have a monitor you should have the ability to do this and trust me this little exercise can be eye-opening yes so it starts by doing this in the morning when you wake up check your blood sugars Uh, And it should be after a period of fasting, you know, eight hours while sleeping, probably plus another two or three or four after you've had your dinner. So between 10 to 12 hours of fasting, check your blood sugars in the morning, note what they are. And I'm going to challenge you to do something where you don't eat breakfast. You would drink water, have coffee, tea, something sort of like the fatted coffees and teas. And then you want to test your blood sugar again, just before lunch for two reasons. Number one, we wanna see if by you not eating any food, can you naturally allow your blood sugars to come down? And we get a good trend of, okay, what level are you at when you wake up? And if you add X number of hours of fasting, what level can you kind of accomplish on your own without eating food? Right. And then the next step is to have your lunch, and then we wanna start checking your sugars at the one hour, two hour, and three hour mark. And here's the reason for this. If you're eating classic food patterns that are high in refined carbohydrates or even carbs that aren't healthy for you, what you're gonna see is a rather large spike in your blood sugars within that first hour, and it can take sometimes two or three hours to recover. So for example, let's say I eat my lunch and my sugars go well north of 140 within the first hour. That's an indication that that meal I just ate is not a carbohydrate healthy meal for myself. There's way too much, I'll call it like simple carbohydrates that are spiking blood sugars. And if it yep. re- if it requires, you know, two hours or three hours for it to come back to a baseline, again, you're seeing that the food you're eating is too uh, expressive. It's, it's too difficult for your body to process. Now, let's say you redesign your menu and you eat a different lunch pattern, something more of like a ketotic style or, you know, like a high fat, moderate protein, low carb meal. And we see that your sugars recover themselves back to normal within the two to three hour mark. It's a way for us to say, okay, this is the type of food I can eat and I'm not yep. going to constantly keep spiking my sugars. Yep. And that's really just step one, right? Is to start to figure that out and to then
1: have the power and the authority to do that after every meal. So that way you're not just checking maybe after lunch, but you're doing it after dinner. You're doing it after you have a snack because so many times people decide, oh, I'd, I had that healthy lunch right now. I'm getting hungry three, four hours later. Let me have that. Let me have that meal. Let me have that snack again. And that's a very easy way to spike your blood sugar again uh, without even realizing it. And the other thing too, is to then try to eliminate how many times you are eating. So you have to a check less if you're really trying to heal from diabetes, you don't want to keep spiking your blood sugar over and over and over again and forcing your body to work. That's a lot of that's taxing on your liver. That's taxing on your cortisol response. That's helping to regulate the amount of insulin that you're producing, which means it's taxing on your pancreas to be able to produce the hormones to regulate your blood sugar. So the less tax you have to put on your body, the easier it's going to be to keep paying off your debt. I don't know why I love using that analogy so
0: much. It's no, it makes perfect sense because you know we've been sort of abusing our system and We've been elevating insulin for too, too long a period of time. Uh, the receptors become, you know, la- they, they lose their sensitivity to it. So it takes more and more and more insulin to get the effect. And I think if we can start teaching people that you need to pay attention to your numbers. Like, like I, I think you should be waking up at least once or twice a week, checking your blood sugar in the morning just to confirm, okay, where am I? And let's talk about those numbers need to look like. In a healthy level, you want them to be well under 100, you know, so like mid 80s to 90s. So, if you're waking up in the morning and you're seeing 105, 110, 115, yeah. there's the cautionary sort of who you really need to pay attention to this. If we're seeing 120, 130, 140 or north, that gives us an indication again, you're in a state of insulin resistance the sugar response isn't working. It could be that you're going too high on carbohydrates, or it could be you've got the three functional underlying root causes. There's a lack of nerve supply to the cell, so it's not responding to the sugar signal. There's an inflammatory process leading to an autoimmunity, typically from the gut, so you're attacking the receptors, so the insulin receptors basically fall away. Or there's a toxicity associated with the fact that the receptor itself is blunted. So it's there working, but it's full, And the insulin can't get inside of it. So I think, you know, when we come back from this commercial break, we're going to be talking about one of the strongest, most powerful diets that have been sort of, I'll call it, in research shown to even help you to break out of type 2 diabetes. We're going to go through some of the foods of focus, like the things we want to actually start eating that have been shown to significantly reduce A1C, blood sugar, and you know, increase your insulin sensitivity. And we've got this sort of like powerhouse pack of certain vitamins and nutrients you can use, some of which actually work just as good or better than the, the medications, medications people right? take. Yeah. And so we're gonna reveal that to you when we come back from this next commercial break. Uh, but I would say, let's take a moment right now. All right, this is your opportunity. Let's grab the free Diabetes Heal Thyself ebook. It's uh, chock full of everything we're talking about today, plus some more d- in-depth details on the testing that you need to get to find out what is your underlying root cause. And again, we have free access to the Saturday, April 11th, I'm sorry, April 8th uh, event, which is at 10 a.m. in the morning. It's our Diabetes Masterclass. You can register for free right now by, by uh, texting your name, your email, and the word diabetes to 704-906-2094. Once again, that's your name, your email, the word diabetes to 704-906-2094.
1: Yeah, and you know what's exciting is this is going to be your chance, your opportunity. Where don't wait for the masterclass. You get to start taking action steps now. Start to change some of the things that you're eating. Go and get a blood sugar monitor so you can start testing yeah. that. Yeah. Figure out how your body responds two, three, four hours after a meal. Do you know that you can even get back to a resting baseline blood sugar measurement? Or are you being? Are you even though your blood sugar and your A1C look good on your medical lab work, are you noticing that oh your blood sugar is rising above that 140 number after you eat? or two to three hours later, cannot get back to baseline. You want to know those things, so that way you can start taking
0: action steps now. Yep, and the reference guides for you, so what should the numbers be are in here, how do we do that food challenge test is in here, everything you need to start taking control of your diabetes right now, 704-906-2094. Text your name, the word diabetes in your email, and we'll take care of the rest. We'll see you guys in this moment. See you guys soon. Good afternoon welcome back you're listening to the ask dr ernst show hey happy saturday to you it is the show where pounds are shed disease is dead and where you can be set free from your health problems i'm your host dr ernst along with co-host dr chris demzar yeah great for being here today we're having a great conversation and uh you know we spent a good amount of time at the top of the hour discussing that we're talking about type 2 diabetes and how the conventional traditional approach is very much watch and wait yeah when you have it medicate and give some pretty generalistic you know, dietary advice that tends to actually not get rid of the condition, but actually just help you to manage it. Right. And uh, what we're gonna do in this segment is now go a little deeper into the science-backed diets that work very well for type two diabetes to lower you know, your blood sugar, your fasting levels, also your A1C and increase insulin sensitivity. We have sort of this uh, list of powerhouse foods that if you were to focus on eating these, you should be seeing your blood sugars drop rather drastically and a list of the uh, key supplements that help to increase insulin sensitivity.
1: Yeah, and you stole my word right there. I was going to say drastic, right? So if you're listening to this, and especially if you're managing either being pre-diabetic, if you're full-blown diabetes, or if you're told you've got metabolic syndrome and you're taking some sort of medication, you're on some sort of medicalized diet, you're doing something, and you're listening to us and you're going, wow, that seems, that seems extreme. That's quite a drastic change from what I'm doing. Good. If you really want to heal, you have to expect That it's going to be something drastic it's going to be something that seems difficult that is hard and you don't need to try to do it you need to plan and actually do it so be open to taking the drastic steps so that you can drastically heal yourself it's not a secret it's never been a secret but it does take work time and
0: effort to make the change and drive the change that you want to see with your health and i like the nature of being open right so like Be open to learning something new. I mean, we're giving away a free ebook called Diabetes Heal Thyself, which will break down the three main root causes. What are the underlying effects? What kind of tests should you actually get done? Not just your standard medical test to find the root causes. And we have uh, all kinds of advice and, you know, even tips of things you can do right now to start changing your blood sugars and overcome this condition called type 2 diabetes. You can grab this ebook for free by texting your name, the word diabetes, and your email to 704-906-2094. We're also offering admission to our free masterclass. It's on Saturday, April 8th. It's on conquering type two diabetes, the functional way. Uh, It's at 10 a.m. in the morning. So I mean, carve out the date and time to dedicate to learning. Download and grab the ebook from us. You can start piecing together. Okay, so this is a root cause, that's a root cause. Let me try these challenge tests and see how my body responds. And if you're not happy with the results, Masterclass will give you answers as to how you can finally solve this thing called type 2 diabetes. Yep, exactly.
1: Now, I just want to say, so you shouldn't plan to show up to the Masterclass to be, yeah, let me learn more about what that that challenge test is, and maybe then I'll start it. No, show up knowing what your numbers are so that you can interact with us. You can let us know what happened to you, and then you can really dive into, well, what are the root issues that's going on with how your body's responding to the challenges that you're already doing. And so that way you can really just, it's going to snowball the healing right? you want to make that healing process bigger and bigger. You don't want to let it get to the point where you are saying, yep, that's too drastic of a change for me. Be open to making that change right now.
0: And you know, like, uh, let's look at it this way. One of the greatest changes you can do is challenge your body. So I think you would probably agree with me on this. One way to find out right now, if your diet is causing to a degree, your type two diabetes would be take a day fast, fully. So like, make sure you drink water, you know, have like coffees and teas, but no food. So no proteins, no fats, no carbohydrates. Yep. What you're doing is you're basically saying, okay, hey, body, I'm not going to put anything in you for 24 hours. And I'm going to track my sugars and see what they do. Yeah. And you would be amazed how many diabetics we've worked with do this sort of 24-hour sugar challenge test and come back and go, man, I got, I've never seen numbers this low. It's been years since I've seen even a double-digit number. Like, what does this mean? And it's always for us, we're like, yeah, well, it means your diet needs a drastic overhaul. Right. Now, sometimes people do this test and it doesn't drop down. So see, again, the importance is, hey, maybe it's not diet, but it's now the effects of what we're talking about it's the neurological involvement it's the toxicological involvement it's the leaky gut it's the insulin sensitivities so there's a way even right now like when you finish this uh this this show you know if you have a test just you start right so get your baseline number begin a fast for the remainder of the day and see where your sugars go because what you'll probably find out is they're going to go lower than you expect exactly yep so let's talk about this uh peer-reviewed, published case studies sort of diet that has been shown to drastically improve the uh, effects with people with type 2 diabetes. And it's this thing called the ketogenic diet. Now, a lot of times people think a keto diet is something we do just simply to lose weight, Right. right? So I'm going
1: keto. Or it's something that all the CrossFitters are doing, or you're only doing it if you're like an
0: elite athlete. So yeah, there's different stigmas out there about the keto diet. And the unique thing is the studies indicate that a ketogenic diet can significantly have benefits towards a type two diabetic. They found that if you follow this diet properly, it can improve your hemoglobin A1C, it can promote weight loss, it can even reverse you know, kidney stress and damage, which is a big deal for a lot of type two diabetics. It can improve your blood lipids, cardiovascular health. So I mean, like, it isn't just for type two diabetics, but it has a massive effect on being able to Make a change to your insulin sensitivity. And let me ask you a question. I'm kind of putting you on the spot. What do you think is so powerful behind the ketogenic diet that makes yeah. it work? So. There's one big thing, and
1: it's not what you're putting in your body, it's what you're not putting in, right? Because you're basically eliminating a lot of the carbohydrates, you're eliminating a lot of the refined sugars, a lot of the processed sugars, you're eliminating your body's ability or uh, the stress that's going to be placed on your body to say, oh, we've got to break down these starch or these carbs into sugars and utilize them when that's already not happening effectively. So the ability to not put that into your body is what makes the keto diet and being in ketosis so powerful. Again, because when you break it down your body is a metabolic energy production system yeah. and you can we all know you're going to use sugars to make energy everybody gets that but what you've got to understand is with the ketogenic diet it's not just called keto because it sounds cute or it sounds like it's a fun word or it sounds fancy You're literally going to produce ketones that your body can utilize for energy in place of the sugars that you're using beforehand. And that is not going to cause a blood sugar spike or a massive insulin resistance response because it's a totally separate mechanism from utilizing sugars for energy. So you want to use those
0: ketones. If anything, it almost creates a vacuum. So think of it like this. So the mitochondria inside of our cells produce energy. And if sugar's not going into the cell, the cell is sort of starving for energy. So you can have the cells of your body produce ketones by fasting and eating the keto diet, which is basically any foods that naturally help to support ketone production. Well, now watch. The mitochondria start using those ketone bodies for energy, and the cells start ramping up, and it creates a state of anti-inflammation. It's very um, anti-oxidizing, so it actually cleans the cell tissues out. And what some of the studies have shown is that it actually increases the sensitivity of the insulin receptors. So now watch what happens. You got all this insulin floating around, Mm -hmm. being a type 2 diabetic, and the receptors start to open, insulin lands, sugar starts to drop, you start to metabolize your, your carbohydrates properly, and we see a drastic shift in people's weight. They lose weight. We see their sugar start to drop. We see their blood value start to improve simply because we're sort of for a temporary period making the body use an alternative source for fuel rather than using sugar. Yep, exactly. And now before we dive into
1: this too, I know... Dr. Ernst, you mentioned doing a one-day fast. And obviously, we're talking about switching around your diet drastically, making a drastic change with your diet. Depending on what medications you may be taking, you might want to reach out to your medical doctor before you decide to do any of this, just as a precaution, because there are newer medications on the market today that can have a drastic effect, right? So they can mask what's happening with your blood sugar. They can mask what's happening with your insulin. And you you have to be very careful. And so talk to your medical doctor. If you're on any super specific diabetic medications, because of what their mechanisms are doing, right? Some influence the kidneys, some influence uh, the pancreas, some influence the intestines. So depending on what you're taking, you just want to know if it's going to be safe for you to make this quick
0: of a drastic change so you can really start testing yourself. And that's why it's also important sometimes to get coaching because, you know, sadly, a lot of physicians might shy shy you away from doing fasting or doing a keto diet. So, you know, there are these, you know, physicians that are more integrative and holistic, just like you and I, you know, we work out of the Carolina area. So if you're looking for help and you need some guidance in how to do this, reach out to us. I mean, you can download the ebook and start getting connected with our resources and our techniques. You can come to the masterclass that's on uh, Saturday, April 8th. Uh, So, you know, really it's about becoming an engaged, I'll call it educated listener, learn the things you need to do have someone coach you and guide you through it and watch as your body starts to heal by itself. Yeah, exactly, love that. Yeah, but like, you know, we always have to say the disclaimer, you know, be careful, okay? If you're taking a medication and you fast, you can actually drop it way too quick. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna say just as a precaution, like don't let your blood sugars go under 60. If it gets to a point where you're 60 or less, that's time to start eating. We gotta get you back up into a healthier range. But um, most people can handle doing an intermittent fast and a keto diet. Right, yeah so um, the thing with the keto diet is we have to remove all main sources of you know processed and refined carbohydrates which typically brings us to step number one in how do you master a keto diet you have to get rid of gluten gluten yeah and it's partly because there are so many studies showing that gluten has a negative effect towards anyone with type 2 diabetes and furthermore even in animal studies when they've taken like uh, Rats and mice that have type two diabetes and they've give them a gluten-free diet. They've seen an increase in function of production of insulin. They've seen an increase in the sensitivity of the insulin receptor, and they've seen an overall improvement in total glucose usage, which implies that again, the metabolism is starting to now more effectively process carbohydrates.
1: Right, yeah, gluten does a really good job of creating an inflammatory response in your body. And so that inflammatory response goes straight to your pancreas and attacks the beta cells. And the beta cells are what's responsible for producing the insulin. So every you have to think, every single time that you eat something that has gluten in it, you're essentially just shutting down the insulin production factory inside of your body or you're stimulating it to not be able to work anymore. And that can become a big problem over time. Your body can only handle that for, you know, For Not at all, really, but for a very short period of time before, obviously, there's going to start to become a massive issue at the pancreas level.
0: Yeah, and we also know that gluten can damage the intestinal lining. Uh, It leads to a condition known as increased intestinal permeability, dysbiosis, and or gut leaks. And the challenge with that is when your gut is physically leaking because of gluten-induced damage, now mm-hmm. we start to build antibodies and they're now actually showing that there's a, a high likelihood that the reason the insulin receptors aren't working is because they're physically being attacked as if they're foreign, yeah. like an autoimmune version of type 2 diabetes, which is now becoming sort of forefront in the research of, you know, 2022, 2020, uh, 2019, etc. Right. So glu- going gluten-free is just the beginning. Like it really needs to be going grainless because... While there's wheat gluten, there are also other types of glutens that are found that are like what are called the gluten mimickers. Yep. So corn has a version of a gluten and rice has a version of a gluten and so do oats. So generally speaking, if you want to really hit the nail on the head for a healthy version of a keto diet, you have to go ketotic, which we'll talk about in a second, and also grainless Exactly. to reduce the carbohydrate load and reduce what gluten can do. Now, the second thing with the keto diet is we have to make sure that most people are not eating enough protein. Would right. you agree to this? Yeah, absolutely. And, and what's the challenge behind
1: not eating enough protein? Well, the second you don't eat an adequate amount of protein, and we can define what that is, right? Because you need way less protein to give yourself, your body, the energy that it needs than you will other food types like the, gl- the gluten and the carbohydrates. And so when you don't have enough protein, that doesn't allow your body to feel full. And when you don't feel full, what are you more likely to do? Yeah, Go and find something that's quick and easy to give you that feeling of satiety, that feeling of fullness, most likely is going to be something that has gluten or carbohydrate or something that uh, you don't need to be eating, especially if you're diabetic. So the first thing that eating more protein does it is it allows your body to say, ah, okay, I'm good, we're full, let's move on, I can make the energy that I need. And on top of that too, so sometimes there's a myth that if you have you know, diabetes and then you try to eat higher levels of protein, it's going to lead to a lot of kidney damage, and that's been disproven. That that's not true at all. Unless you have some preexisting kidney damage problem, whatever that may be, your kidneys are not at risk from increasing the amount of protein that you're going to take yeah. in. Your body can handle it.
0: So how do we know what an adequate amount of protein is?
1: so you, well there's a couple different ways to do it but what you if you're really going to get down to it you can measure you can literally measure the amount of grams per your own body weight and so if you're not getting and again this depends on how active you're being during the day but you want to be in a healthy range of somewhere between 1.2 up to but not exceeding two grams of protein per kilogram of body yeah. weight every single yeah. day and you can measure that out right how much so there is one kilogram is 2.2 pounds you can do that conversion, so you know how much you weigh in kilograms, and then you can figure out well what is 1.5 grams of protein per every kilogram of your own body weight. And you can figure out well that's how many grams of protein you need every single day to make sure that you're sustaining the feeling of fullness and you're getting enough energy in your body from proteins.
0: And it's actually a lot more than you think because yeah. we've met individuals who, you know, when we asked them to kind of you know measure out how much protein they're eating. Uh, You know, they're doing 50 or 60 grams when they should be doing 75, 80, 90 grams of protein. So just know most people, what we do is we eat a lot of carbohydrates, we eat not enough protein, and we eat extremely low amounts of fat. Right. And that's the classic Western diet.
1: Yeah. And I don't mind putting myself on the spot to uh, give my, use me as an example. I weigh about 66 kilograms, right? So then even if I'm doing 1.5 kilograms, that's about 100. Uh, or at 1.5 grams per kilogram, that's about 100 grams of protein that I have to consume every single day just to maintain where I'm at. Nevertheless, if I'm training for a specific athletic event or whatnot, or if I'm yep. going to be a weekend warrior, I need more than that.
0: So they've actually found if you have type 2 diabetes, one of the easiest ways to start increasing your protein intake is simply using a protein shake as your morning meal instead of eating a high-carbohydrate breakfast. You know, a lot of people, it's still it's oatmeal and it's toast yeah. and, you know, it's... Uh, I don't know. Whatever. I don't eat breakfast. So I pancakes, I mean, pancakes, French toast, waffles, waffles. French toast. There you go. Thank you for the cereals, muffins, scones, etc. cetera. So, um, a good challenge for you would be, Hey, listen, start doing a low grade amount of intermittent fasting. Use a protein shake as your first morning meal of the day. Check your sugars before yeah. wait till lunch. You should be seeing things start to come down and uh, just know that the more protein you consume, that the more full you feel, the longer it keeps you in a state of not having cravings for other types of uh, carbohydrates. And here's an interesting fact. When you don't eat enough protein, your body has protein. And what happens sometimes is we start to lose muscle mass. Right. You'll break down your own muscles. We'll (laughs) physically take our muscles in a a state known as catabolism, where we'll rip the muscles apart to turn them into individual amino acids because we aren't eating enough. And I hate to say this, but a good 80 to 90% of people we test are protein deficient and they're in a state of high inflammatory nature because their body is basically eating itself. Yep, Exactly, that's a good point. Now, the fats are gonna be the thing that we have to spend just a little bit of time on because a lot of people are somewhat you know vilified by increasing fats. But the unique thing is, when you do them in a healthy state, so if we uh, use things like conjugated linoleic acid, which is found in butter, or median chain triglycerides, which are found in MCT oils, or the lauric acids, which are found in coconut oils. There are certain types of oils which have been shown to be significantly anti-inflammatory, very soothing and healing for your body, and help you to actually produce ketones. Wait, you just said butter is a good thing for you? So if it's grass-fed and it's, you know, like uh, I'll call it clean, then it's extremely good for you. Grass-fed butter is high in butyric acid, which helps to seal the intestines. Yeah. It's high in conjugated linoleic acid, which is a very strong, powerful antioxidant. Whereas on the other hand, conventional corn-fed butter is high in arachidonic acid and other sort of inflammatory you know, fats. So it's not so much the amount of fat you eat, it's the kinds of fats that you eat. Yeah, exactly. So we focus very heavily on avocado oil, on uh, coconut oil, MCT oils, olive oils, because these are extremely high in anti-inflammatory natures, and then we want to make sure we're eating good, healthy fats from eating avocados and grass-fed beef and you know wild-caught fish and you know free-range poultry products that are cage-free and been able to go around and eat the foods that they want to eat. If we are supposed to cut down grains to get a good effect in the keto diet, we need to also make sure the animals that we eat do the same. Exactly. Love that. Yep. I love how you said because
1: with a lot of the fats and some of the oils, you know, they've had uh, in research, it shows a really positive effect at reducing the post meal glucose response. And so over time, that's going to help to lower the A1C. So, how do you lower your A1C over time? Again, this isn't a secret, guys. You can do this right now, you can start doing it increase the amount of dietary healthy fats that you're consuming on a daily basis is going to help you with your meal. So if you are having some carbohydrates with a meal, you want to make sure you have fats too. add some, find a way to be able to add fats to your diet, to add fats to your meals, because that's going to help with the sugar response. And over time that will help to lower your A1C all on its own. And you're not changing anything
0: else besides adding some extra fat into what you eat. Yep. So I want to shift some gears into what we call the power foods for diabetes. We're going to kind of hit these kind of quick just because of time. But um, did you know that incorporating blueberries into your diet can lower your risk of type 2 diabetes drastically? The anti-diabetic effect is because blueberries are high in something called anthocyanin, which is a chemical that can exert an anti-inflammatory effect into your fat cells and actually help you to increase the utilization of pulling sugar into the cell and burning it for energy. Exactly.
1: So next thing would be, chocolate but not just any type of chocolate dark chocolate especially if you have type 2 diabetes uh, because studies have shown that eating the dark chocolate will help to lower your blood sugar levels and it's also going to help promote basal dilation, so that's increasing uh, your arteries right the diameter of your arteries so you can allow more blood flow which is going to allow more sugar more glucose to be delivered to working muscle cells and other working cells within your body and it's going to help to lower the blood sugar overall now yeah. Disclaimer, there's some been some really powerful reports that have come out where you have to be careful with what type of dark chocolate you're eating. Yeah. So I encourage you to go look that up, find the ones that the dark chocolate brands that don't have specific heavy metals, cadmium
0: and aluminum or mercury. And we have and, a list of them on, on the Ask Doctor Ernst yep, website. Yep. You can find so them, you can them on find our them website as well, list. but just disclaimer. How about this? Both coffee and tea have been shown to significantly improve insulin sensitivity. What we now know is that coffee is the leading source of dietary antioxidants. Did you know that? Like most people get their primary just antioxidants from drinking coffee yeah, on a daily basis. Well, makes sense with but how many people drink like it. just like the chocolate, we have to be careful. The coffee needs to be clean, free from pesticides, have no mold or yeast inside of it. Um, so you can find more information on the types of coffee we recommend at AskDrErnst.com. But know that um, it's been shown to decrease... Uh, oxidative stress and actually increase the microbiome which helps your uh, gut lining to become sealed so we lose the sort of uh, autoimmunity attack against the insulin receptor yeah yeah that's
1: it's a really interesting thing most of you don't realize that your coffee is not being screened from mold and so go find a coffee that you can that guarantees that it's mold free and it's being tested on a on a, a regular basis. So please go search that out. Yeah. Okay. Next, fermented foods. So your ability to regulate your blood sugar, specifically your glycemic control, so your liver's ability to break down sugars and then utilize them for energy in an appropriate way, or store them not as fat but as stored sugar, glycogen, in an appropriate way, whether it's in your muscles or in the liver itself. So I'm talking about things like yogurt, kefir, and kimchi have been shown to help improve that glucose metabolism specifically your body's ability to regulate that through the liver right all toxicity must go through the liver sugar is the same way sugar can be your friend or sugar can be a toxin the choice is yours but you can help to regulate that with the fermented
0: foods such as the yogurts kefirs and kimchi. yep Nuts and seeds are also on our list simply because they have a tremendous amount of anti-inflammatory effect. Did you know that if you just consume a handful of almonds every day for 24 weeks, it's been found to make you lose weight, reduce your triglycerides, improve your cholesterols, and watch this, drop hemoglobin A1C and even help with reducing that sort of post-meal blood sugar. Uh, Walnuts have been shown to improve endothelial function, which is the vascular lining. So there's a lot of diabetes and heart disease connections. And chia seeds can help to reduce blood sugar, C-reactive protein. And again, watch this. They decrease that post-sugar rise from when you eat foods.
1: Exactly. And I'm just piggybacking off of that. This was already mentioned, but again, specifically olive oil does a really good job with the post-meal glucose reset. And then over time, you'll see that
0: help to lower your, uh, your A1C. And we know, of course, that you know anything that's naturally anti-inflammatory, our, I think our biggest key is going to be using seafood in the degree of like the natural omega oils. And they've even shown that certain spices can be very helpful. Cinnamon, if you're consuming it around 120 milligrams per day, as high as even up to six grams per day, has been shown to reduce fasting blood sugar, reduce cholesterol, help to reduce triglycerides. And it gets rid of this sort of, um, I'll call it a stress response that happens by having too much sugar within the body. Yep. Garlic does almost the exact same thing. And curcumin is very unique in that it's a, uh, a, a global anti-inflammatory. And curcumin's even been shown to somehow act almost the same as what metformin and glucophage right. and other medications exactly. can do without the toxic side effects. So, if you're looking for a great list of foods you can focus on and avenues on how you can solve type 2 diabetes, check out our Diabetes Heal Thyself ebook. This is yours free right now when you text the word diabetes, your name and your email to 704 906 2094. You can see some of the natural foods that regulate the spices, et cetera, all found free in the ebook. And we also are hosting that masterclass on Saturday, April 8th. It's at 11 a.m. in the morning. We're going to help you to go so deep into finding your underlying root cause that you'll know exactly what you need to do to solve your type 2 diabetes. Again, the word diabetes, your name and email to 704-906-2094.
1: Yep. And so I know we told you at the top of the show that we were giving you some some of the vitamins and minerals that you need too. So we can end the show chatting about that for the last minute or so. Uh, I'm going to be real transparent. One of the most important vitamins that we just look over all the time is vitamin D, yeah. right? Sun's finally coming out. Get outside to get your vitamin D. You want that from the ultraviolet rays. Let that hit your skin. And then just know that vitamin D is not only going to help but uh, decrease inflammation, but it's going to also allow your body to regulate insulin sensitivity, which
0: is huge, especially if you have type two diabetes and magnesium is another big one for any type two diabetic did you know that magnesium is responsible for activating 300 different systems and enzymes within the body magnesium can drastically help to lower blood sugar and help to increase insulin sensitivity and before you just run off and start taking a magnesium supplement remember it's in the nuts and seeds we talked about it's in the avocados which your healthy fats it's in the dark chocolate so, if you follow the food list, you'll get a good amount of this natural magnesium. And
1: lastly, we want, something that's interesting is a, is a compound called berberine, which is a very bitter compound that can be found in some certain things like the Oregon grape and Barbary and golden seal plants. But it's going to help improve insulin resistance and insulin secretion, and it's going to help stop the conversion of making new sugars by your liver. So if you're already outputting so much sugar because you've got this insulin sensitivity, you need to stop that
0: process too. And that's something that berberine can help, again, at the liver level. That's right. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. Don't forget, this is your opportunity now to grab the Diabetes Heal Thyself ebook. Text the word diabetes, your name, and your email to 704-906-2094. And we'll see you on the Diabetes Masterclass, Saturday, April 8th, 10 a.m. in the morning. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye, guys.